my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Cafe and Market, and by the first album recorded by the police. Yeah. The stuff that we do off camera. The stuff that we do off camera. Are you talking about my beautiful music notes? Is that what we're speaking of, DK? Ramon was just hitting it with his rendition of (laughs) Roxanne, which if you're really nice, if you're really nice, he might or might not share with you at some point in this program. Mm, Roxanne. That's all I got. I, I don't want to embarrass myself even more. Not that you don't have to put on the red light line. <laughs> no. Well, you t- you gave me more lyrics than I'm like, Roxanne oh, yeah. was really out here. Oh, yeah. She doesn't have to sell her body to the night. Ooh. Well, I'll leave that one alone. But hey, just think that was mainstream music. Well, actually, that was a, I mean, the first police album was was a pretty big deal you know yeah. they didn't really make it big until their third get but, out oh yeah that was when they had the, the do 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 the da 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 and whatever i was uh, into the police i was in okay the yeah uh, nice guitar well, and all that other stuff you know absolutely well I, I was into the police too because i donated a a, a workhorse to them too <laughs> i know you, you know? did I know yeah, you absolutely did. <laughs> we also can talk football moan we can do that as well you know, and we we shall because that's what they tune in for. The side show is where we get all the comments. The football part is where they go tell their friends what we said, which I'm okay with that too, as long as we're right, DK. Yeah, this is this is key. And you know, one thing that we can't possibly be wrong about: your head coach loves run defense. There's there's been almost no subject you can bring up with him the past three days without it coming back to run defense, and it should. I mean, they shut down Alvin Kamara over the weekend. They really, really did. They did. To your point, man, eight carries, 26 yards. Mind and you. 14 of those, 14 of those on one carry. And, and what's crazy behind that is not like they were chasing this Steelers offense and it's just high-powered and scoring 40 points. No, they simply just couldn't run the ball, so they chose to stop running the ball. A guy that's an all-pro like Kamara, eight carries? No. In a close game, too. This wasn't one of those like where you abandon the run because you need to put up points or whatever no. else here. They just got stuffed. Now, full context, the Saints were missing three offensive linemen. And I've heard tell that offensive linemen are important in football. Yeah. So you can't you, – I just saw that dismissive face that you made. There, it's just because oh, they have their problems and we don't care. Yeah, exactly. It was a factor. At the same time, when you see Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, um, Alex Highsmith, uh, the the guys, including the inside linebackers, because Miles yep. Jack wasn't available. Right. So when you see them getting after it like that, um, just tell me what impact it has on your head coach, first of all. I'll just say this. Coach, coach Tomlin is a manipulator, okay? Day one in training camp. Hear me out when I say this. Because okay. the, sa- <laughs> the same <laughs> thing that you say 
about how he loves a good run defense. It's the same thing he's chirping on the offensive side of the ball about how he loves a good run game, okay? And you're probably <laughs> saying, how can you have both, Mon? Well, as a head coach, you better ask for both, right, if it's your team. Um, offensively, man, if you got a team that can just steal yards, take yards, just abuse people up front, it opens up everything for you. And I mean just the passing game, the screen game, the the play action game. Everything opens up when it becomes a good running game. Now, on the other side of that defense is what we're talking about. If you got a defense that can shut down a team in one dimension, meaning, look, I know you got a a quarterback that can throw the ball and y'all want to, but it has to be set up by the running game. The run game to a lot of teams, and we always shy away from this. Look at the good offenses in this league. They usually have a good running game, the good passing offenses. The run game is usually really, really good, and we just choose to look over that. Why? Because the passing game is so pretty. Coach Tomlin has always been in a position where if we control the clock and make them one-dimensional, then we can control the game and figure out how we're going to light them up. The other side of this, too, is this. Pittsburgh is always known to being able to get after the quarterback, whether it be Cam, whether it be Larry Ogunjobi, whether it be TJ. Heck, you know we can forever go back, right, DK, when we're talking about who rushes the quarterback in Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. From Lamar Woodley to James Harrison, okay? From linebackers being able to dial it up. You become more predictable of of an offense whenever you can cut off one stream of it. And this is the thing, too. Those That good run defense stops those third downs. If it's four yards on first down, three yards on 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 second down, okay, third and third and three is is very manageable. You open up the entire playbook still, right? And, and and that's not what you want on the defense. It's that continuation of staying on the field that bothers defensive minded coaches. Give me, hey, second and nine. That's where you live at because then you really got to start reconsidering what you're gonna call. And in that point, there's tendencies. You see those coaches with those big play sheets and they're all different colors and stuff like that. Well, they've studied all week long. Well, and second and nine, they're more likely to do this. It's very rare that coaches get outside of their world when they do things they're used to. Why? Because the playbook is better simplified. And if you get a defensive-minded coach and team like the Steelers have always been, the run game is always crucial to being able to stop because you 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 don't get caught off guard or have to just sub in and get beat down often, DK. It really shrinks the game when you only give up. What did they give up this past weekend? 30 yards on the ground? 29 yards it, on the ground. 29 yards. And, and I'm going to say it again. Alvin Kamara is one of the guys that was involved He's on in that, that team. Yeah, and 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 he's legit, and obviously Taysom Hill is obviously a mobile threat too. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they just they just got nothing going, and they had to abandon it. Now, where your head coach is concerned, and it's funny that when we brought up the Steelers getting 217 yards on the ground of their own, yeah. and he would just come right back with, "Well, it was the rushing game, running game on both sides of the ball," and. If you think about the way this team is structured, built on, like you said, the pass rush for a long time, you don't want to be forfeiting pieces in any of the rest of your dynamic because you have to make up for guys not being able to tackle, which is usually what this is all about. Okay, Cam and everybody else will emphasize gaps and everything, and that's fair, but it's ultimately about not being able to tackle. So... Once you get past Cam and Ogunjobi and these other guys, Moan, 
Yeah. There's been other players who've been involved in this, haven't there? I mean, like just as an example here, Alex Highsmith is a really stout run defender yes, on his is. side of the field, isn't he? Terrell yes, Edmonds he was up at the line of scrimmage a lot. T.E. was involved in a lot of those plays uh, that involved Kamara early on that discouraged him. So it's not just the D line, is it? Yeah. No, it's not. And and that's where Coach Tomlin usually always drops this line right here. Everybody got something dirty about their job. <laughs> Meaning, <laughs> little guys, you got to go fill gaps. You got to go go hit guys. Like, if you want your big dudes up front to be able to hold blocks and get you in a, in a position to make plays in space, make them. It's safeties. It's, it's cornerbacks. It's specifically linebackers. That's why you go get those big guys up front, man. All of the legendary guys. They'll tell you, ask, ask James Ferry. Who was the saving grace of his career? Casey Hampton, Brett Kiesel, mm, Travis Kersky. Mm-hmm. Like, think about that. Like, that matters, man, when it comes down to the run game. Everybody has to play a part. That really is where you're playing football more than anything because that's the, the true definition of, like, physicality right there. When this run, when it's, when it's 11 on 11 run game, you know? And that's why he always stresses on the other side of the ball wide receivers being able to block too because those five-yard five, five plays turn into 15s and 50s whenever you got your wide receivers blocking. So go beat your man and don't trade a one-for-one. One name we're not going to get through this segment without mentioning, he got a game ball, he led the team in tackles, and he had a TFL on fourth and one. Robert's that it. Robert Spillane. Yes, sir. I didn't mean to do that. I, I, you nah, knew who it was. <laughs> well, but that's his game, though, too, right? It is. He, he's that. That's that's the one thing that gets him an NFL helmet on the weekends. Is he's he's a run stopper for sure. Uh, when we come back, we're going to turn our attention back to the other side of the football and one specific issue. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. And as promised on this immaculately organized and mapped out show that we do here every day, (laughs) one highly specific issue related to the offense that we want to get into. And what is that, Ramon? Playing well against a good team. Mm -hmm. Mind you, I said team too because I mean offense, defense, and special teams. Cincinnati will come into town a better team than we are, right? The no ten, question. The, the games we've won, well, overtime, Cincinnati. I think we were just a better team that day. And as far as we know, what was it? Nine sacks on the day, whatever it was. We ended up getting six sacks on that seven. first opening weekend. Seven. Mm-hmm. Seven sacks mm-hmm. opening weekend. And then the Tampa Bay game in which we won against Tom Brady. And I know what you guys are thinking. No, it was Tom. They're a good team. No, let's not kid ourselves. Tom had a lot going on that week, and it looked like he had a lot going on. And guys really took advantage of that. And I will not get into his personal space. But you know, like I know, they were not hitting on all cylinders when they came into <laughs> you town. You just did. I'm just saying, <laughs> DK. Say I'm not going to get into his personal space and not have that actually be in his personal space. Well, he's been smiling ever since that announcement happened with him. And they've been winning since then also. So mm-hmm. uh, we caught him at the right time. But this time That's around. no question. Yeah, this time around, you got Cincinnati that's looking for blood, right? Well, the the Bengals are a top 10 defense, and I mean that in the literal sense, as in they rank 10th yeah. in the league in allowing 324 yards per game. That means 10th in the in the good sense. That's the 10th fewest uh, average yeah. yards. They, you know, my f- feeling 
on the opener in Cincinnati remains the same as it was out there that day, which is that the Bengals weren't ready at all. I mean, they didn't they didn't participate enough in the preseason. They didn't use their starters. Uh, who knows how much of a Super Bowl hangover they had? Oh, I don't know if you should be entitled to a Super Bowl hangover if you, a hangover if you don't win it. Exactly. Uh, not to be a whatever, but. <laughs> but no, but 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 seriously, but they're, they're solid. They're solid defensively, and they're and they're spread out solid too. They're not like it's mm-hmm. just all loaded in one area. Do you know what no. I mean? Yeah, they're sound. They are sound, man, and they've gotten a whole lot better too. I mean, just just looking at the way they've played ball since then. Uh, I know the loss to Cleveland does it doesn't sit well for them. What was it? A Thursday night game, if I'm not mistaken. It was. Monday night. It was. Uh, whatever it was. Uh, but they couldn't stop Chubb or whatever else that night. Heck, at that point, well, everybody But even on. that only fortifies the point that we've been making, Moan, which yeah. is that the running game can can top anything if you have it going the way the Browns did with Chubb that night. The, the, the Bengals had no answer for Chubb. No, they did not. In that game. You know who else didn't have an answer for Chubb this season? Pittsburgh. That went about the same way. Uh, and then we, we have them freaking Sunday night. Okay, this is mm-hmm. an eight twenty Eastern game. Oh no, no, it got on. moved up. It got moved it got up. Moved up. Right. Oh yeah, the networks want nothing to do with the Steelers anymore. God, nah, I'm kidding. It, we're it there, DK. Out. Yeah, almost. We're, we're, we're. I refuse to live this life. You know what? I, I just. But that that, that hurts me, to. DK. I don't know what to tell you, Moan. Did you you? You could have texted me that after the show. You could have let me be wrong in the middle of the show, DK. No, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I I, I feel too strongly about you to do that. (sighs) Okay, well, since he's better and we've gotten one win, okay? Um, And and with that being said, man, I'm I'm joking, (laughs) but it it pains me to talk about this. Uh, But we're going to have our hands full. Uh, they're coming into our house and want to deliver that same embarrassment. Well, yeah, they absolutely will, Mo. No question. This game means uh, everything to them, not just from a revenge factor or yep. anything, just in the standings, you know? It, so from the Pittsburgh perspective, though, you know, let's see some guys. Let's see them make a difference here. Okay, you get yourself your 217 yards on the ground against yeah. New Orleans, but how about just 100? Well, that? that's you know, what's a reasonable expectation right now? Is, that's going to be key, of course. This, like being able to stop them first and foremost. Because Joe Mixon is nice. Yeah. They have weapons on top of weapons offensively too, and it seems like that offensive line may be trying to get it together as far as Cincinnati is concerned. Uh, but what's reasonable, you said, for us as, as far as to be respectful, respectable, and get a dub at home for them coming off of a bye week is this, DK, about 125 plus on the ground, man. Whether it's Najee, whether it's Running back by committee, whether it's Kenny, who's also shown that he can run the ball down the field and extend drives. That's what's going to be necessary because in order for us to control this game, it has to be through the run game, which Coach Tomlin, you said, spoke about this week, man, in general. Because if you keep their weapons off the field, I feel better about our stagnant offense, putting up points or controlling the narrative than I do theirs, man. I don't know if they're capable of, of being down the way they are. And the other part too, DK. You mentioned the Browns and, and what Nick Chubb did to him. If that's the recipe, they, they, yeah, right. Why would that's you not follow the recipe? Yeah. yeah, why overthink it? This you is know, not you the say week, this all Matt. the time, but yeah, you just you, once you put something on film, people are going to come at you until you show that you can stop it. One hundred percent, man. I don't, I don't understand why we would do anything differently. Like we saw them move the line of scrimmage. Guess what, DK? We need to see that again this week, starting with Chooks. Yes, I'm calling him out. 
Well, I'm going to take this one to a to a a different level here. Okay. In that, if I ask you a question right now, if I ask you, do you feel like the Steelers targeted George Pickens enough the other the other day? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Like, would you normally just think yes because you saw the a couple of early targets, two out of the first three plays? Yeah, I would. Right. Right. Yeah, I think they. You know where where he ended up? You know where he ended up? Three, four, four targets, three catches for thirty-two yards. Uh, you know, but, <laughs> but go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, again, we speak about working, right? Doing what's right. Mm-hmm. Why get mm-hmm. away with it when the run game was being profitable for us? No. Okay. That, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But when I'm, you know, and, 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 and also for, for good context here, you know, Pat Fryermuth had the most targets with only seven. Deontay Johnson had five. So it was more a matter of not throwing the ball all that much mm-hmm. than it was not finding George, but you know, find George. Find George. It's it's find like George. hey Waldo, right? Where's Waldo? We like George. We do. We, we we've like been George. liking George for a long time here. We have. And eventually, maybe before he's fired, the offensive coordinator will find him as well. You if know what I mean? If he's smart, he does, right? Oh, way to set that one up. So <laughs> when we come back on the Ramon Foster show, the only segment that matters. back to the Ramon Foster show as always it's the only segment that matters to close it out and that is brought to you by the get-go cafe and market where quality is at the core of every menu item three expert chefs fine-tune every detail so that every sub burger salad wrap drink app and of course the pilgrim is crafted for craveability order your favorite item at the get-go cafe and market today better believe it I owe Mona pilgrim yeah you do as has as has been mentioned by only about a million people in the responses <laughs> to yesterday's episode. Uh, one of those came from Joseph Arroyo, who says, Hey, Moan, was Dan Moore getting played the other day against the Saints, and does he have to step up his game? Ooh. Ah, so here we go on this one. Again, well, we speak well, about... you think about it? Yeah. you no. think about it? Your friends. Uh-oh. Your friends at Pro Football Focus, and they are your friends too. They probably walked around the PFF offices with Ramon shirts. <laughs> you know, this was the guy who told us off in Latrobe. Everybody, we were all there in person too. It was yeah. great, right in front of the whole team. Yeah, y'all. What was what was the line again? Y'all suck. Y'all suck. <laughs> yeah, that was it. And it's simply because they play with people' livelihoods, man. Or they put certain people uh, up on a pedestal. With the public perception of what their grades say. And I think they but know, here, like I know, there is no real judgment or grades offensive line play from guys that never played it. That's fair. However, okay. in this case, in this case, they gave Dan Moore like a great grade. And they're being ripped for it. Uh, out of all offensive linemen in the NFL, not just tackles, all OLs. No, 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 no. Wait. All offensive players of any position. Oh. Dan Moore was graded one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh overall in the National Football League with a score of 89.6. The highest graded stealer, Dan Moore. Oh. And they're getting just crushed for it. So it works in both directions. 
It does. And you see, even in the good DK, it's like no rhyme or reason because I, I saw the tape too. The pick that we spoke about uh, the other day that, okay, I get that one. Like he was in a bad position as far as like the, the running back allowing him to get picked right there on that sack. Dan's just a big guy that was around the pile when that happened, man. Um, but but his game, I thought it was fair. I didn't think it was the, that high up on the list of offensive ranking, man. Um, but but Dan Moore in general, you you know, let's let's speak about him in, in in a sense on why you and I feel like he's being picked on. That's because it's tape. Again, I bragged on on what I thought the Saints defense was and who I know their guys are. They are a smart bunch whenever it comes to how they play defense. They've been that way for a very long time. I know Sean Payton's not there right now. They got a new head coach and everything. But just in general, that defense and the players, the bodies that they have are always good. And Dan's been a little bit of a turnstile when it comes to playing left tackle. Whether they were getting pressures and PFF didn't see it or not, or whether Dan just got to find a way to just kind of bow up a little bit and stop this perception of what he is. Because this is the thing. If PFF said he had an awesome game, then there's a lot of people that don't know Dan Moore that says, man, that guy's a stud. But for the people that watch him and realize that, you know, there are some discrepancies in that, we people who see it more close than others look at that grade and say, oh, y'all are full of crap. You know what I'm saying? So PFF <laughs> really can't win on either side of this thing when it comes down to the judgment of them. I didn't know it was rated that high of a grade when it comes down to their grading system. But DK, how are we supposed to know what that is when they don't really give us a grid or a a, a, a ledger of what they're looking at when they grade it? Because I would have thought mid-70s at the highest for a goddamn more this past weekend. Yeah, you know, it's... We talk about this all the time, that there are exactly two people on planet Earth who know what's supposed to happen on a given play. Yeah. That would be the athlete and the positional coach and to an extent, the coordinator, but even this, even there, not even necessarily the coordinator, no. not at the line level. Right. But no, they, there's a disconnect there because again, it's such an intricate type of position, like mm-hmm. guard tackle center. So intricate in the sense that a, 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 a really good looking play can be a bus. And it like it could really be a bad play for you. Like a sack can look like it belongs to the left guard when it really belongs to the center. You know what I'm saying? Like these are the things that happen. I do. And, and, and I also know that the, the O-line position, maybe more than any other in football, maybe more than any other in sports, mm-hmm. is weighed almost entirely based on a negative outcome. So – if if you're if you're like the the baseball relief pitcher who comes yeah. out of the pen and throws 30 of the most immaculate dynamic pitches, <laughs> you know, curveballs falling off tables, you know, slider that's got guys swinging out of their shoes and everything yeah. else here. But you lay one meatball mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. And the other team's big kid hits it out of the park. Yep. That's all anyone saw. That's all they saw. Except in the O-line, they didn't even see the good stuff. No one noticed the big tackle, uh, you know, I'm, you know, the big tackle going downfield to take out a linebacker or yeah. whatever it is. Um, so Dan Moore could have had, out of 70-some snaps, all but really? one or two that were just perfect, and we'd still be locked in on that sack. And you you know what, though, DK? As a player that's been mm-hmm. in that position where I knew I had good games and it was graded like bad by them, or it, in his case, where I don't, it wasn't as great of a game as the grade suggested, 
as far as the public side, and this is a side that I hate, and is, I guess it's a love affair with it too, is, well, now the crowd see I'm doing something good. Even if my coach said yeah. I was trash this entire game. <laughs> you know, I've also noticed too, and this this goes from the reporter standpoint, when I, I go up to a guy that I know played well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But the game was an L, and he had something to do with the L. But yeah. overall, the performance was really, really good. And I'm always curious. Is like, is he going to be honest here and say that he played well? You because can't. it's going to sound so bad you when he does. Not in football, <laughs> you, you can't. It. Although no. I've seen guys be more upbeat when they personally have a good game at skill positions. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I got mine today. Oh, yeah. They're, they're chins up. Yeah, they're chins, they're chins up. They, they ate. Yeah, and, they and, ate. <laughs> and I feel like everybody in the locker room knows it, too. Like, oh, uh, he got it, so he's good. We took this <laughs> L and got beat up in the trenches, but he's good over there. Look at him. Uh, you guys had so many of those, too, in your years because you, you guys me? put up so many points. <laughs> And you, oh. here's your wide receiver off to the side with his 12 catch day. Everything else. <laughs> you, you, you lost like 35 to 34 or whatever it was. But, you know, everybody in the offense yeah. is walking through the room like this. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it, it uh, football's too hard to take credit in a, in a bad loss, man. It just is. But good for Dan Moore. Look at that. You guys got to put some respect on his name now. <laughs> Victory Asher writes to us in the in the comment that's just above Joe Arroyo's here. It says, Ramon, you would be an excellent Steelers offensive line coach. Uh, I'd be too hard on him. Y'all wouldn't like me, Dan. But who who just, wants to be liked? I, I know. Well, that's probably what the fans want. We don't want a coach we love. Yeah, I'd be too bad on him, man. No, I'm better off here behind the mic. I, I am, man. It's it's a lot to ask, and I really hate criticizing coaches in a sense because I know the job of trying to tell an adult human being, hey, you need to do it this way, and they just won't do it. And then you can't find the guy behind them to do it better than he did, and you got to go back to that guy. It's, it's tough sledding, but mm-hmm. um, either you teach them or you're allowing it, and if you're allowing it, then you got to get fired too. Richard Wise says Jalen has a little Austin Eckler in him. And you, you know what? You well, you know what we call that? A good compliment. Hmm. Don't push Najee yeah. out the way. A great compliment is what he is. No, that's yeah, that's he's he's starting to look like he could be something. That move? Yeah, man. You know what I'm talking he, about? When, when he no. hesitated and beat him down the edge, too. You saw that Ooh. move? Oh, yeah. That that, that uh, could have been nothing other than a three yarder. That whole I, I had, play. I had a conversation with somebody about what it takes to be a championship team, you know, and is really getting the maximum output out of your bottom of the roster guys, meaning older veterans, undrafted free agents, and just role players. That's where you were. And Jalen Warren, to me, is in that box of we need about uh, four more of him. Scanning the still David McGuire says, Najee is a poor man's Frank Pollard. That one predates you, Moan, so yeah, I'll bite does. the bullet on it. And, and no, man, don't do that. That I mean, ain't Frankie no. Pollard had his time. He had his time. Just be fair. You're just you're, you know what you're doing there. What my man is you're you're digging for a random, you know, kind of blah name from the past or whatever, and just burying him. Leave Frankie to be. You the know, down. 
<laughs> punching down. Punching down. Don't punch down, people. Oh, and Mike says, don't get too excited. They weren't playing anybody on Sunday. Well, okay. The Saints oh. have three wins. I don't know. I don't like that. You, you know I hate that, right? I mean, the Steelers were two and six. Who, who, who was expecting? What's fair? They weren't they. They were underdogs until like about five minutes before kickoff. Exactly. And there is no trash team, or there's no trash players on the t- uh, in the NFL. It's trash teams that can't get it together, whether it be coaching or scheme. But nah, I, I wouldn't go that far. Even though we always bash the Browns. You want to do this again tomorrow, Mo? We have to, right? Yeah, it's kind of it's just required, I think. Yeah, all right, I'll be here. Let's, let's do that. All right, Mike. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. 